Welcome, Seekers of Truth, coming to you from the edge of the known universe, better known as the Granite State, home of Betty and Barney Hill. Through the magic of electronic alchemy, a portal to another dimension has opened. You are about to make a metaphysical connection. This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. Walt Schnabel, Jim Loretta, and I, Eric Renderking Fisk, have a conversation about television, mind control, and subversive media. Coming up next on The Metaphysical Connection, Episode 87, Part 1. Stay tuned. I've got an article here I'd like to start with. Uh, it's not unusual, but I wanted to share it in case you have, I don't know how many listeners we have, but this might be of interest to someone. It might help someone. There's a multitudes. We have multitudes. Dozens. We have dozens. Dozens. Okay. Uh, Fucoidon. F-U-C-O-I-D-A-N. Bless you. It's, uh, an extract of a brown seaweed. And they have found that it's very successful in combating uh, prostate cancer. Huh. It's, it's anti-tumor, antiviral, anti-arthritic, an, an immune booster, but it fights prostate cancer. And uh, it's a viable alternative based on uh, the research that, that's been done on it. And um, Where do you get it? You, <clears throat> you can get it online. Uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't buy it from... Japanese uh, sources because of Fukushima, so it should be harvested in um, a clean part of the Atlantic. And there, is, there is, there are a couple companies out there that are uh, have a lot of integrity in their harvesting and in their production. Uh, I forget where in the Atlantic, but it's a, supposed to be a fairly fairly pristine area. So, just wanted to throw that out there in case anyone's listening and they need help or know someone that needs help it's a it's something to look into as you know i'm i'm leaving for the jersey shore within uh well tomorrow actually um you think i'd be able to find any on the beach and oh yeah chew on it? Uh, oh yeah just chew it. <laughs> 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 yeah right yeah it has to be processed but anyway it's oh, an extra okay. it's an Too extra, bad. yeah well i could let it dry on the uh on the sidewalk for a while <laughs> <I was sure>. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right that, yeah, <laughs> uh, on a hot day, it'd be extra Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can. Maybe I could get it on top of my Rita's water ice. Yeah, you know, as, a, as a topping. And since since I mentioned uh, Fukushima, uh, you guys have probably seen it, and, uh, and it's no surprise uh, that the research came out of France. I guess they're like trying to compete with Calif- compete with California wines, get every edge they can. But they definitely found radioactivity in uh, California wines because, uh, you know, of the fallout, the radioactive drift. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not highly contaminated, but they found like cesium-137 in the grapes and in the wine in Napa Valley. So there can, they continue to be bombarded. It's not in the news anymore, but the Pacific is, you know, continues to be polluted. And, uh, you know, there's drift that comes over to the West Coast all along the west coast so it's so that gets into that then gets into the ecosystem yes I mean, it gets into yeah. the gets, gets into the rain and then the rain yep rains on the right on the it's, crops yep it's into the food supply so nice that's yeah. a good that's a good thought yeah that's a good thought um here's an uh, an interesting uh, article it's like um star trek where they um, they had the cloaking device that they sought after to make their ships invisible. And I think I sent you this article. Oh, yeah. I saw it this morning. That, that's pretty cool. They're able now to, to cloak things so that you can't see them, which is fairly amazing. I mean, I just they have a, a way of uh, adjusting light frequency so that you can't see objects. It's crazy. It has to do with the light spectrum, right? Yeah. The, vis- the visible light spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's, they call it an, an invisibility, a spectral invisibility cloak. I just thought that was an amazing name and an amazing advance. I mean, I wonder where some of this stuff comes from. 
You know, I, I still think that they reverse engineer alien technology or, or is being shared with them, um, you know, based on whatever treaties they made with visitors back in the 40s and 50s. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's pretty clear that that's where a lot of that stuff is coming from. They're just put. They're releasing it. Well, or or they're releasing it as they understand it. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a while to figure it out. I think because yeah, you know, it's probably way ahead of what our current technology is. You know, mm-hmm. so we have to figure out how to assimilate it into the um, mm. the yeah. current mindset. Maybe yeah, it's kind of a cool cool thing now. I don't I don't know what you would. Um, what was the u? Well, I remember saying something. What was the usage for that? What was the practical application? Well, first of all, military. Uh, that, that's the yeah. that's the most well, that's, that's yeah. the most obvious one. Right. Uh, but it, it, they said something about it. It would help. Um, it would help secure telecommunications somehow because it would it would render frequencies traveling along along fiber optic systems invisible, so that third parties couldn't penetrate and pick up the data. So uh, I thought that was a. Uh, that was an, an interesting, you know, security application. Maybe it's the first step toward uh, teleportation, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, transporting from one place to another, like in, in the fly. If they're yeah, <laughs> help me. <laughs> <laughs> if they if they haven't been doing it already, I still think I, uh, that Philadelphia experiment was a real thing. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, I think that was. Probably some kind of a cloaking. No, I actually, I think I've read that mm-hmm. that it was that that was actually part of some kind of a cloaking uh, device that they were t- working on um, to try and use that for um, mm-hmm. warships, battleships, and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all part That's of the Philadelphia experiment back in the nineteen nineteen forties during World War Two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. With 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 some very dubious um, results, according to urban legends. You know, there's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, apparently it got um, they got involved with time travel somehow. Mm-hmm. If you if you believe, you know, the, the well, myth that surrounded, I guess. Yeah. Well, every myth has some basis in truth, as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, we'll never know the 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 full story. But you know, if you read between the lines, there's a lot a lot of stuff uh, that that you you and I know that allows us to connect dots that other people can't connect because you gather information over 30 or 40 years and when you read something new with you know not a lot of information but just enough of a thread you can kind of like fill it in for yourself in your head and connect the dots so right. you know you know or or you or you find you uncover something a book or something this happens to me fairly frequently that just kind of connects all, you know, you get all these kind of random things mm-hmm. that you over the years that you read or come across in one way or another. And and then all of a sudden you read something that sort of puts it all together. Yeah, you know? somebody's out there thinking oh the my same God, way and they know? put it together, you know. <laughs> why, yeah. why didn't I realize that all those things converge somewhere, you know, because they do. I do somewhere. It's just a, they, they do a do. matter of, of putting it all together and making a map, I guess, mm-hmm. to follow some. This last uh, article uh, I talked to you about, Walt, and uh, you connected it to, uh, to Tavistock. Uh, I sent it to you also, Eric. It's, um, I guess it's been suppressed for like 50 years, but there were two U.S. soldiers. Oh, uh, my God. That's yeah. a killer article, Jim. That's like, yeah. I know I know. Eric was probably had um, a, a high degree of steam coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> <read that>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's and there's not even an Anunnaki reference. <laughs> I know, well, now there is. Now there, see, now there is. Now, ring the bell, Eric. Ring the bell. Yep. <laughs> anyway, there were two separate. Uh, one was an army code breaker, and he picked up on an, on an assassination plot. He tried to blow the whistle on it, and uh, he was institutionalized to shut him up. Yeah, they put and, him in insane. Uh, that sounds time. that sounds yeah. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a, a, a separate uh, another uh, soldier came across the same plot. Uh, he was an Air Force sergeant. He tried to blow the whistle and they did the same thing to him. They 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 committed him to an institution. Yeah. And by the time 
by the time they were released, uh, you know, there was just, uh, it's anticlimactic. Kennedy was dead. The Warren Commission issued their report and, and everything was swept under the rug. But, you know, after 50 years, there's so much stuff that has surfaced. I mean, we know it was not just Oswald. We know it was a larger conspiracy. And these guys uh, had uncovered it ahead of time, but nobody wanted to hear it. You know? yeah. Well, you know, and, and um, the reason why I like this article so much is it, it really opened up a, a new avenue, um, at least for me. And, and Eric, we can probably bring this into our annual uh, Who Killed Kennedy show. Um, this, this guy's name was D Eugene Dinkin. And um, he, he, was, he was a cryptologist. Okay. Which, mean, which means that he had the ability to um, encrypt messages, he, you know, using codes or, or whatever. So there's two lines of thought on this, actually. One is that he um, encrypted this message that he somehow got. I don't, I don't know how it would have come to him but, or why it would have come to him. But the other thinking is, and, and it may have been a little of both. It may be both things. But he's, he apparently studied psychology in college. And he identified, or he remembered from his coursework, these things called psychological sets. And he, he, he identified a series of um, events in things that he was reading and, or, and articles that he had read that when you put them together, um, it... it develops a certain mindset to to try to manipulate people's thinking. One of the publications was Stars and Stripes that he was reading. I guess that was a uh, far-right publication. I don't know. Are you familiar with that, Eric? Have you ever run with, across that? With the Stars and Stripes um, newspaper? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah I've it's heard of it. a magazine, I guess. Yes, it is now. I guess it's a magazine. But the Stars and Stripes used to be the uh, military, quote, in-house, unquote, uh, newspaper publication. It's it's like what it's it's the it's the news that they used to publish for this um, soldiers, seamen, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines used to read. I think you can actually I think that civilians could probably read it online. But I know I know I know of the Stars and Stripes. So it's like a it's like a newsletter. Yes, it's like it's, it's 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 like a it's um, it's a newspaper that the military publishes for servicemen and women. Okay. So anyway, he, he identified something in that that was part of this psychological set, as he calls it, which was um, geared toward making Kennedy look like um, he was, um, this is in, in view of recent events, made, made Kennedy look like he was weak in dealing with the Russians and also that he was pro-communist. And it was it was like a you know, it was something that was also put out in a number of Hearst publications at the time. Um, so it was a, it was a definite um, psychological ploy um, to make to make Kennedy look like he was a weak president and that you know that he he was uh, pro communist. You know, to to kind of set him up for what was going to happen in in the mind of the in the minds of the people who were reading this this stuff so i thought that was pretty interesting that he identified that mm -hmm. um and and as you said jim he went and um tried to you know tried to alarm the the people you know whoever he could get to he actually sent a letter to bobby kennedy um a certified male and ne never heard anything from him so maybe he just figured that maybe bobby figured it was just guy was just nuts or something i don't know mm -hmm. but um apparently there was a group of people who would investigate potential um assassination plots and try to try to thwart assassinations and, and i guess they had investigated several different ones and nothing turned out so so they got notified and they just they just kind of looked the other way i guess and <laughs> guess what actually happened yeah so um pretty interesting story i i I had never heard of this guy. He's unfortunately he's dead now. He died in uh, 2012. Um, I don't. I don't know. I couldn't uncover anything about him being interviewed or who knows. He probably kept his head down after that. You know, um, they probably told him. 
to keep your mouth shut, I guess. Well, I would imagine. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing <clears throat> in the um, Artie Six Killer Clark stories that you collected from uh, American Indians that had, had uh, UFO encounters. Uh, anytime the military got close to a crash site, they would visit uh, the locals and threaten them. Just to mm-hmm. tell them that, you know, if you talk about this or anything, you're, you and your whole family will be, you know, will kill you. We'll di- you'll be, you'll disappear. So, uh, yeah. That's you know, what they did at Roswell. Same thing they did at Roswell. Yeah. Well, every, every crash site that they, uh, they got involved in, they would threaten anybody that had any connection to it. Yeah. That's just, just how, how they rocked, you know? That's how they roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, this is this is an intriguing story. My my thoughts after I read it were that what a great what a great movie this would make. What a great uh, plot for a movie. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. This yeah. guy gets this this message, and he, you know, it isn't know where to go with it. You know, <laughs> and and where would you go with something like that? You know, I mean, obviously, it got him in the got him into a mental institution in Germany. That's where that's where he ended up. Yeah. Um, I know. I'm surprised they didn't throw him out the window like they did with um, Forrestal. Yeah. Forrestal. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he wanted took, to, a, took a long walk back. off a short, short window ledge. And and he fell out backwards, like he jumped backwards to kill himself. Like really? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that makes sense. <laughs> That's I don't know much about the other guy. The other guy was stationed in Scotland. Um, he was he was in the air force. Um, and he apparently inter- intercepted some communications about a plot to assassinate Kennedy and brought it forward, and he ended up in the same place. So I, I think they just were made to look like two nutbags. That- well, yeah, and back then it was easier to do. The world was simpler, and people still kind of had faith in what the government told them. Yeah, people wanted to believe that there wasn't anything Mm-hmm. Sinister happening, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. um, one guy said Dinkins said that um, they actually wanted they they had they had it so refined that they wanted it to be blamed on a, either a communist or a Negro, one of the two, mm-hmm. somebody that would be a, a logical full person, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that even that even leads, lends more credence to to um, Oswald being you know being mm-hmm. set up or. Mm-hmm. All the stuff around him being, you know, a communist operative and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, it's worth. Uh, I think it's worth looking. There's a lo- there's quite a bit of stuff out there on it actually. Mm-hmm. Although I had never heard of it before. I was it was, it was a good article. Mm-hmm. Where did you Where did you uncover that from? It came through my alternative news thread, uh, and I haven't seen it anyplace else. So I I immediately uh, forwarded to you guys because I knew to me it was it was like a revelation, really, quite a revelation, that 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 there was some kind yeah. of information like that out there. I you guess know. it got expunged from the Warren Commission report. Oh, what a uh, that 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 <clears throat> thing was such a whitewash, you know, mm-hmm. such a yeah. whitewash. So that's um, not surprising. Did you guys? Uh, you know, I don't know if it ever reached you. I sent you a series of. Um, emails uh kind of condensing the book called the <clears throat> sacred science of ancient japan i get kind of tried to give you the meat of it did you guys ever did that those emails ever get to you so i did them on my phone on vacation but uh, i can't find a record of them so i don't know where they went no no it sounds vaguely familiar did you get that error no i i didn't see any of those emails um ah, darn i don't know where they went it took a lot of time to do but basically um I don't want to take up any more of your time, but <clears throat> no, you can take book. up all the time you want, Jim. This is this is the fun part. This okay. is this people love getting news items from you, Jim. So okay. take all the time all right. you need. The sacred science of ancient Japan. A man named Avery Morrow wrote it, and the subtitle is "The Lost Chronicles of the Age of the Gods." And basically, the gist is that um, we're going back perhaps three hundred billion years. There was a world emperor that ruled the planet, and he traveled in a f- flying vehicle. There were five races with sub-kings. Uh, evidently, it was a, 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 like a golden age of peace. Um, there were, and the, the legends of the gods and the goddesses kind of come back from this period of time. 
It, it probably wouldn't be believable by mainstream because of the timeline. But uh, what I found very interesting, I just want to take a little excerpt here, is that the last world emperor uh, was named, uh, let's see, his name was, um, let's see, Mikoto Sumeru. And the there was a breakaway uh, from his group that traveled to the Fertile Crescent in, in the Middle East, and um, to honor his name, his uh, his name was actually I, I reversed it. It's Sumera Mikoto. He was the last world emperor, and they decided to honor his name by naming their uh, their new outpost Sumera. And that's where the Sumerian civilization started. Uh, I, and there's a lot more to this. It's hooked in with uh, um, UFO sites and um, the kind of technology they seem to have had back then. But And it, it also connects to the Japanese belief that their emperor was uh, descended from God and that uh, he was to be worshipped as a god. And it all ties into the Bushido Code and the fanaticism that arose in the Second World War, that uh, they would rather die than, than, uh, than surrender. So they all fought to the death, and it all links back to this belief system. I think the book is well worth reading. It's extremely interesting. I never saw anything like it before. And evidently, they're saying that the, the world civilization was ruled from the Japanese islands long, long ago. I mean, so long ago, it's almost not believable anybody reading the timeline. This is another perfect opportunity for me to mention, once again, Philip Copen's book, The Lost Civilization Enigma, where he talked extensively about the concept of there being um, ancient civilizations that were just as advanced or more advanced than the civilization that we have now, today. And, you know, it's, it also gets back to out-of-place artifacts that are oh, being uncovered. Yeah, and um, he talks about the ancient civilization of Mu, M-U. Um, I'm not sure if that's a pr proper pronunciation or something like that. But it's all a part of, um, you know, lost history, forgotten history. We have collective amnesia where we've sort of forgotten what's happened here on this planet, um, you know, 200,000 years ago. And um, people are starting to sort of like, you know, put the pieces together. I, I think that we are on the forefront of, of that global awakening. Um, mm -hmm. And there's so many other books out there that explores the idea of there being ancient civilizations here on Earth before ours that we're enjoying in this common age. Um, and there are so many other books written on the topic that I, I just haven't had a chance to get to. Um, mm -hmm. Walt, your thoughts? Well, um, I know Graham Hancock has uh, explored the um, sunken ruins around Japan and, and, you know, indicates that they're very, very ancient ruins. Um, I think so this, obviously there I was think a, the, there, I think Japan the ruin was a larger yeah. landmass yeah. at some yeah. point. And, yeah. and then, you know, after the, after the deluge, I guess um, it, a lot of those things sunk. And um, I don't, I don't know that he dated those, but he did note that they were ancient, Signs of an ancient civilization that existed there, at, at, which I would assume is probably the one that you're referencing, Jim. I think like, either that or the remnants of it. I mean, it goes, well, it yeah, goes yeah, back yeah, exactly. far, far beyond what we accept as uh, history, right. you know, in terms of timelines. You know, supposedly man only, uh, the fossil record supposedly only goes back like three million years, which I think is ridiculous. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's just I, I don't I don't buy that anymore. But that's that's mainstream thinking. So, you know. well, our our whole idea of of our of the history of the yeah. of the planet is skewed. It's oh, it way is. out of way out of whack. It is. It absolutely it's, is. But mm -hmm. it's what we're you know what we're fed, what we're what we're force fed, mm -hmm. so to speak. And that's what kind of what most people think is is the truth or reality or whatever. It's yeah, I mean, I can't remember. Really not. Yeah, but I I think uh, their belief their in the god in the gods descending. Uh, I mean, I think that it goes back to the to these very, very remote times when 
you know, we were seated on here. I mean, you know, there were star visitors came down. I think they started this whole thing. I mean, I know that's a recurrent theme. It's probably been overused, but the book seems to lend credence to the fact that that's where the belief system came that, you know, the emperor was a god, descended from the gods, and he was he was to be worshipped as such. And they have well, some very ancient records um, that have been hidden. Evidently, they're still hidden, um, yet to be revealed. They're like uh, shrine keepers that pass, pass down within... I don't know, not royalty, but peasant families. They're like, you know, they have a, they have a very serious belief in ancestor, ancestor worship and protecting, you know, ancient records. Evidently, there, there are records that talk about all of this. So it's not just, you know, a flight of fancy. It's, it's something that he's, this author says is very real. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, Japan's a really ancient culture, and some of the other, like India, is an extremely ancient culture, and they have a lot of, you know, what people sort of posture as being mythology, Indian mythology, but I, I'm not sure that it is, like the, the Mahabharata, you know, they, they talk yeah. about the same things, you know, gods in, in flying machines and, you know, a great war atomic war you know that kind of thing so absolutely it's all there it's all there it's just it, it's just it, not accepted yeah. as mm -hmm. real history you know well, they, really they, what what is history history is just somebody's interpretation of of something you know it's not necessarily what actually happened or, or. no it's history is the story told by the victors and uh you know telling their side of the story of what happened mm -hmm. right well, the there's people, a, or the there, people that get to, to write it down for whatever reason, you know. There is an area in India that's still roped off by the Indian government. It's radioactive, anciently radioactive, so much so it's unhealthy. And that I think, I think those are uh, in the area where they have found radioactive skeletons. That, mm -hmm. that doesn't get talked about much. But and I'm green sure you glass. Guys Don't forget the grass. It. Don't forget the glass. Right. Don't forget mm -hmm. the, the, the Trinidad glass that right. is a phenomenon that we first, quote, discovered, unquote, after the detonation of the first atomic bomb at the Trinity site. Don't forget that. There's a lot of that green glass there and a lot of people trying to um, just explain away where that glass came from, right. you know, as it naturally occurring. OK, whatever. All right. Yeah, I'll just souvenir. It's souvenir glass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The remnants yeah. of souvenirs. You come, you come, you smoke hookah pipe. I give you glass, <laughs> glass trinket, glass trinket. You smoke. You take home. You, take you home. smoke. You smoke now. <laughs> oh, jeez. So anyway, so, so Jim, are, are you? Do you have a little more time, or are you? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? Do you have a um, somebody coming to uh, paint <laughs> your ceiling or something? No, um, uh, everything's everything's good. Okay. Yeah, it's pr pretty much calmed down. Um, Still have this smell of fresh paint in your. Uh, no, no, it's 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 dissipated. It's but, been dissipated. Yeah, okay. before we before we leave that the um, the area in India was called Rajasthan. Uh, there's a three square mile area covered with radioactive ash, um, and they were going to build a housing development or so build something there, and like they had hmm. the, the kibosh on it because of the radioactivity. Uh, they think it. The blast, the blast. Uh, they dated the area uh, anywhere from eight thousand to twelve thousand years ago. So I just, I would just add that little bit before, we, you know, we get away from it. Pretty, yeah, but the, it's it pretty is interesting. interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. So uh, I, I, those are all the articles I have for this week. Well, what what I wanted to sort of do with you is a little bit of a transition into our our topic today. Okay. Um. So as you. No, um, we've been talking about the Tavistock Institute, um, which I know you're you're relatively familiar with. Um, Thanks. And to then, you. well, and then and then we last week uh, or two weeks ago, we we did a show with uh, Mike Williams. I don't know whether you had a chance to listen to that or not. No, um, not yet. No. Which was kind of um, I don't know what would you call it, Erica? Sort of a, a side a side. Uh, trip. It's a sidebar. I'd call. I, yeah. I would definitely say that it was a sidebar. We uh, we took a trip on the yellow submarine, as it were. <laughs> right. And, um, um, I'm still reeling with from Ringo. that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm still reeling from that. Um, 
not just the show itself, but the implications from the show. I'm still we, sort of like, if they did that to Paul McCartney, if they replaced Paul McCartney, then who else have they replaced? Right. Mm-hmm. And for, for our listeners who did not listen to the show, um, I think that personally, I think that was one of our best. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, Eric, but um, the, the, the guy that we interviewed um, referenced um, a book that he read. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I don't want to necessarily quote him, but, um, and, it, and it's a, it's a book that really chronicles the, um, the replacement of Paul McCartney, the biological Paul McCartney with a, with a quote unquote imposter who, who now is Paul McCartney, essentially, who we think of as Paul McCartney. Um, and it, and it's all tied in with the Tavistock Institute's, um, using the Beatles as a, as a weapon, so to speak, uh, to, to kind of manipulate society. Um, mm-hmm. so without, without getting too far into that, um, I, I was reading a post that he put out and this guy, this guy's name, um, the guy's real name who took on the role of Paul McCartney is Billy Shepard or William Shepard. And, and he was saying that Paul McCartney in quotes, the current Paul McCartney anyway, was doing a, a concert in, um, Australia, and there were people in the audience holding up signs saying, "We love you, Billy Shepherd," <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> which I great. thought was kind of funny. I, I wonder how he um, reacts oh. to that. So uh, this guy puts out a really good amount of information, convincing information, don't you think, Eric? Well, it l- well. Let me just step back in that the whole thing. It's like if it if that really is Billy Shepherd, then he ought to be flattered that people actually love him like that. Um. But with with the whole conversation with Mike Williams, um, I'm I'm still vacillating. I'm there's a, there's still a part of me, there's still a part of my brain that just will, cannot accept that. I can accept um, the government hiding evidence of ancient civilizations and flying saucers and 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 you know contacts with other beings from other dimensions. But for some reason. I, maybe it's because I like Paul McCartney and I like the Beatles. I I can't accept this. I'm not. It's is as if there's a part of my psyche that just re, can, will not accept this. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why there are so many people who re, just also reject this idea. They just simply cannot. They cannot accept the fact that they've been duped for so long. Um, Mm-hmm. And I th- and I think that I think that there is still going to no matter what happens there is going to be this sort of resistance. It's like because you don't want to believe it. I don't know. And and but you listen to him while we were doing the show. When I re-listened to the show, I re-listened to the show twice already. Jim, um, mm-hmm. catch up. No, I I've I've listened to the show twice. Um, and. Um, He's he's very convincing. The and while you're listening to him, um, you can't help but accept the fact that there's a possibility. You cannot accept you you listen to him and how he presents the argument, and it is very very convincing. But the minute I try, and it's like I say, it's it's true. It's you know you try and like the fabricated reality tries to reassert itself in my mind. And I, I I think that this is exactly what so many other people experience in other aspects of the paranormal. It's not that they can't, it's not that they won't accept it. It's that they can't accept it because it's too, too far out. It's, it's so unbelievable. Um, And I, I think, I think that this is the episode that broke me in many ways. Well, let me add that. Uh, let me piggyback on what you're saying. You know, uh, I guess I'm outside the box in that I don't go with just simple information. I take information, I filter it, and just speaking for only for myself, I get a gut sense. I get a feeling in my body. I get a I get a like a gestalt of the whole thing, and to, for for me, that's what validates or invalidates pieces of information that I come across. Now, that wouldn't really work, you know, for a mainstream researcher. They say, oh, you need proof and you need, like, scientific method and you need blah, 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 blah. It's like, to me, that's all bullshit. That just gets in the way. So I, I, I'm just speaking for myself. A lot of times, 
that that's how I decide if, if stuff rings true or not. If it resonates within me, then I, I go with it. So maybe that's what you're going through. Well, yeah. I think I think the reality of it is that Eric just doesn't want to take down his Paul McCartney poster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're going that's, to be, that's the reality. Of they're it. going to be beating down my door, but I've never liked the I didn't like the Beatles when they first came on the scene. I just looked at the whole phenomenon. And I didn't understand it. I said, like, this has got to be like made up because like how all these screaming kids over what I want to hold your hand. Give me a break. Does it's it not, not great music? They, well, they bust in. They bust in those girls from a from a private girls' school to to scream when they got off the plane. That was that was set up. Um, oh man! And another thing, um, you know, he he does present a lot of like DNA evidence and and things like that. You know, speaking of J- Japan, do you remember when? I don't, and I don't want to rehash the show, but do you remember when McCartney was stopped going through customs in Japan and they and they held him it was because his fingerprints. This, and this is the replacement of McCart- McCartney, did not match um, the fingerprints on record for the original Paul McCartney because he had no gotten into way. some kind of a, he had gotten into some kind of a scrape when they were playing in Hamburg, Germany, way back in the early '60s. Um, he started a little fire or something. They were probably drunk and screwing around or something. And anyway, he got fingerprinted, and those fingerprints did not match the fingerprints of the guy that was going through customs in Japan and like. So was that the eighties or something? I think. Is Eric, this in, is this in the is this in the book? This is all. No, doc- this is just this is just a piece of information that yeah. Mike Williams has has uncovered. It's a lengthy that's, book. That's that's a great piece of information. Yeah, and the DNA test that he he impregnated a German woman, um, apparently, um, and so he had a he had an out of wedlock child that was you know by a German woman. And the DNA, um, her, and she sued him for paternity, and the, D, his, the current Paul McCartney's DNA did not match her DNA. So I guess you could say, well, that really wasn't his kid then, so yeah. you, know, you could make that argument. But anyway, anyway from, without getting too far into all this, um, I thought it was a very interesting show. And uh, the guy, uh, I got an email from Mike just last night. He said that the guy that wrote, actually wrote the book, well, they call it encoding because he didn't really write the book. Um, He encoded it and it's it's a whole Masonic process that that Mike explains during the show. But he emailed Mike and said that he listened to the show and loved it. So I thought that was a a nice kudo for for Eric and I. Yeah, really that, yeah absolutely excellent I, it's it's it is going to be one of those shows whereas it's like if they were going to say which of your shows in the metaphysical connection uh library should be put in a vault for people to listen to a hundred or a thousand years from now that that i think that would be one of them yeah um, it's, it is really good no you know another thing getting back to eric's argument which you know which i understand i get i get i get that and and part of it is that um, people really a lot of people viewed um, the Beatles and and there's it's I guess it's up for grabs but I I think Paul was probably the most popular Beatle um, you know I, I guess yeah, everybody had their favorite but I think kind of Paul was the one that everybody sort of oh well the girl said he was cute and you know all those things. Um, I mean, they became almost like gods in yeah. some sense, you know, and Lennon said it. He took a lot of crap for it, but he said yeah. that they, you know, they were bigger than Christ at some point. And, you know, he took, they took a lot of, lot of backlash from that. Well, the, the, if the you Christ, think about it in Christian that Christian Wright was burning, smashing their records. Right, right. You don't understand you the context. think about it in that context, you know, you're telling somebody that their God has, is dead. And and it's been replaced by somebody else who's not really that God, you know. So that's yeah. sort of, I think, what it comes down to on some kind of subliminal level, maybe, for, for people. Mm-hmm. And, and on I'm not saying that, that's your, your situation. They here, took but, that yeah. quote from John and they took it totally out of context where he was actually lamenting about how insane and crazy fame has become. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's what it, he, he had said. He said that in the context of this is getting a little out of hand. That mm-hmm. whole conversation was about how Paul was talking about how 
he was very uncomfortable with a lot of the adoration that he was getting from some of the fans and obviously you know some of their detractors and um that's one of the things that it's like you have to kind of sort of keep your eye on you gotta you gotta keep an keep an ear open for you know when you're about to say something is this going to be misconstrued as you know people are going to take this out of context and say that i said something that i didn't actually say i mean who knows but, but you know another another aspect of that particular incident is that you know when when we were talking to mike uh, on the last show he he br- really brought out and this was important to me that you know the, all four beatles were masons um and and part of the masonic approach is to to speak in a code um, so that sort of what you what the words you say sort of have some kind of an encryption in them, and maybe that's what Lennon was saying on some level that, you know, this whole thing is just, you know, it's just made up. You know, it's just, you know, the Beatles are not what you think they are. You know, maybe that was part of it too. I don't know. I think I think Lennon lost his stomach for the whole thing, and I I think he was about to, I think he was about to out it, and I think that's why. Um, you know, he had somebody waiting for him outside his door there with a with a gun outside of the Dakota. But that's my opinion. That's oh, they would totally never my do, opinion. Totally they my would, opinion. They would never do something like that, would they? I, I know. <laughs> so um, anyway, before you before you have to take off, Jim, I wanted to um, sort of segue you into the show for today. Um, yeah. Go ahead. So so I want to ask you, and I I know that you know that you were part of this. Uh, I'm not sure that Eric wasn't in on some other uh, some other time frame, but um, what was the beginning of the mind programming by television for our generation for the for the um, baby boomer generation? I'd say it was the fifties, the golden age of TV. What specific? More specific. I'm putting you on the spot. I know, but. let me think here. Um, I would say that the uh, Cowboy and Indian serials, they were pretty popular. Well, know? that could be, but and that's a possibility. But this is a little more specific of a show that I know you watched. I'm sure you watched. I know I did. You mean Twilight Zone? No. Really? No, no, no. We're, we're talking about show. We're talking oh, about We're talking about We're talking about TV. Show. We're talking about TV shows. Oh, oh yes, I'm sorry. I didn't that had that before. had TV shows that were had obvious overtones of social engineering or trying to change people's thinking on a certain way to view the world or or you know, social engineering I guess is the best way that that I by TV. By television. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have prefaced that. Yeah. Thank you, Eric, for defining my, my thought fault. pattern. Yeah. Any answers, Jim? Uh, I'm 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 running a I'm, I'm running sorry. a reel in my mind. There were so okay. so many shows I saw. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm putting you and I'm putting you on the spot without giving you too much information. So anyway, um, give me a I hint. You, I don't know if give you guys want to. I don't know if you guys want to sing. What are you saying? Give me a hint. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give you a big hand. And maybe you guys want to sing along with me. I don't know. Who's the leader of the band? Oh, Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-C. Oh, my Thank you, gosh. Eric, for finishing that off. Well, that Stanley, was Stanley, the Stanley beginning Kubrick. of the mind, the mind manipulation yes. by, the, of, by TV of yeah. the baby boomer generation. And Stanley Kubrick uh, <clears throat> let the cat out of the bag on that and um, – uh, the war movie, uh, what was it? Full, Full Metal, Metal Jacket. Jacket. Oh, that's all, right. That's they all right. sang that at the end. They all sang it at the end. I did not think about that. Very yeah. good, Jim. I did not think about Bailey that. Bailey Kubrick. But think about, the, think about the way it was structured. Or First of all, Walt Disney, who, who Eric knows, I'm, I'm a big fan of Walt Disney. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of cardboard cutouts, your cardboard cutout of, of, of Walt Disney is a little creepy. <laughs> you know. Right. Well, I thought of actually changing my name from from Walt Schnabel to Walt Disney at some point. But I think him being my namesake is is probably about the only yeah um, thing we have in common. But Walt Disney and his brother actually, um, just to back up a peg, made um, propaganda movies during World War II. Right. Yeah. 
So that's how they cut their teeth. The, the, uh, I, I was asking you if you were a victim of the later version of the Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, yes. Yes, I was in the, yeah, in the 70s you, and 80s. I thought you might have been. So you were like postmodern Mickey Mouse Club. Right. No, no, no. Um, Say that thing about how, 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 how was the Mickey Mouse Club manipulating kids again? Oh, well, I didn't really get too far into it. I was, okay. I was asking Jim, well, Jim to un- kind of dredge un- up the memory of... Uncle Walt was the father figure. You know, <laughs> we all looked up to him. You know, the the the, uh, the rhyme and root, you know, we were all like one unit. I mean, it was, uh, it was a, it was, um, I think it entrained us into a, like a type of, a generation into a type of get togetherness. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what the intention of it was. Everybody would um, sing along with mm-hmm. it, you know, with the with the theme song, right? Um, and say the words M I C, just like Eric did for yep. us. Yep. Um, so think about what was going on there. It was it was a mass programming of the of our generation um, to to toward TV and to, to you know to um, but even more than that, it was kind of almost like a movement. They, you know, the God was Mickey. Mickey yeah. was the God, you know. He, he was the one that everybody wanted to, you know, be close to. And, and every, did you have the ears? Did you wear the ears or not? No, I didn't. No. Walt's wearing them yeah. now. So, so you, were, you were a heretic even then, even then, Jim. I'm gonna, well, <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing, and I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound really super obvious, and people are going to say, well, gee, you know, thank you, Captain Obvious, for your gifts of observation here. But you look <laughs> at the Mickey Mouse Club. You look at how everybody had the Mickey Mouse Club uniform. The same shoes, the same pants, the same shirt with their name, and the same headwear. There was nobody who was an individual. Nobody stepped out of line with the uniform. And I have a friend, John Pica, talks about uh, the the 21st century uh, American civilian uniform. Whereas you have the flip-flops, the cargo shorts, and the t-shirt, and the backwards baseball cap. Mm -hmm. Notice how almost everybody under the age of maybe 50, not everybody, obviously, but that's that's the vast majority of how people dress in the summer. Mm -hmm. And And I had this conversation with one of my writers yesterday, admiring the fact that I dressed up a little. I, I, you know, I put on a dress shirt, a tie, a vest, slacks, polished dress shoes, and the hat. And so, and so many people comment on how incredible I look, and they lament, how come people don't dress up anymore? I think mm. that there is a... The, go ahead, Jim. The styles, uh, fat, fat and slovenly, that's the new style. But there, there so, is. Um, getting, getting back to the Mickey Mouse Club... Um, think about the format too. I mean, they had, do you remember at the end they would have, I don't even remember the guy's name. He was like a young, almost like a preacher kind of, he would come on and, and talk about some kind of, I can uh, still see value. His yeah. I what's his name? Jimmy or Jimmy? Yeah. Or yeah. Jimmy like something. Jimmy something. Yeah. He'd come on and he'd, was, he'd don't throw out some. Annette, Annette funny jello that we all lusted after. Well, I, I was going to get to that, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that you were um, rub, rubbing against the TV. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get some nasty letters over this one. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, we might be able to, might have to cut that out. I don't know. I, I, I actually like the little out. blonde girl. She was, she was more my type. But, yeah. Um, I don't remember her name, um, but they would come out and they would say their name. Remember? And there was, there was something for everybody to kind of identify with. Right. Yeah. You know? And then they had the big, remember the big goofy guy that, um, I don't know what he. I don't know what his role was. He was like he was like the big goofy uncle or something, you know, yeah. the, the jovial, you know, guy that kind of made everybody feel good, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, when you think about it, it it's it's a, to me this was kind of a revelation because I watched this and I, I liked it. You know, I thought oh, this was cool. I, I think it was on every day, wasn't it? 
Every day. Yep. Pretty sure it was. Like it was on in the afternoon. Five o'clock every day. Yeah, Mickey everybody would come home from school and, and watch the Mickey Mouse Club. And it, it was it was brainwashing. It was it was an indoctrination. And guess what? You can you can extrapolate that a little bit further and take it to the Hitler youth. It oh was, yeah. It's very similar to what, what the Hitler what the yeah. The mind manipulators did with the Hitler Youth. They were indoctrinated into, you know. It was just a kinder, gentler, whitewashed version. Exactly, exactly. It wasn't militarized. It was, and and everybody was taught, sort of, to think of Mickey Mouse as, you know, their their god almost in some sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Kubrick was showing. It was militarized later when everybody agreed to go to war. Awarded, you know, really wasn't a war. You know, sacrifice. Why would you lose like fifty plus what a thousand? Great, what young a great people? insight! I I never um, I never thought that. I never I never made that connection. But that's that's really very true. I think that's one of those TV shows that you have to not TV shows. That's one of those movies that you have to watch time and again to yeah. see what it, what is it that they uh, what are they trying to say? What is what was Stanley Kubrick trying to say? And that you could actually do like a a quick search on the internet secret hidden meanings to Stanley Kubrick's movies, secret hidden meaning of Full Metal Jacket. And there are a whole bunch of people out there who actually have thought about this and done their own research and looked into it. And uh, it's it's pretty scary. It's pretty mm-hmm. scary to think that, uh, that he was trying to say something. And, and, of course, you have a lot of people out there who wonder if whether or not Stanley Kubrick was, you know, whether or not his, his, uh, his cancer was somehow, you know, induced, whether he Engineered, was infected with yeah. something. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's not, I mean, for us here in the Metaphysical Connection, that's not out of the realm of the possibility. Absolutely not. Eric, let me piggyback on how you were dressed the other day and go back and connect it to the Mickey Mouse Club. Because I remember during that period of time... Just my own town, downtown Vineland. If you went downtown Vineland on a Friday or a Saturday night, there were th- literally th- the entire town, throngs of people walking up and down the avenue, shopping and greeting each other, all dressed pretty much like that. With yeah. Suits and shirts and fedoras. I mean, it was like a, a uniformity that they fed off of with the Mickey Mouse Club. They kept it going. Like, you know, that... What you're talking about, Walt, is like, uh, you know, everybody the same, everybody obedient, everybody on the, on, you know, on that same train, you know, it, it, it carried, they helped it carry through generationally from our parents' generation back then to us as the baby boomers. You have to conform. And if you don't conform, you will be yeah. ostracized by the rest of society. Don't you want to get along? Don't you want to yeah. be just like everybody else? Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss out, do you? Why can't mm-hmm. what what come on Eric how come how come you can't go along with the group how come you can't yep. be just like everybody else mm-hmm. somebody had said something absolutely totally amazing and, I, and and since they said this or or I read this have you ever played the game Tetris and you get no. a, you get a, a line all the way across that's exactly the same what happens it disappears mm-hmm. That's what they want you to do. They want you to conform. They want you to line up with everybody else. They want you to become another drone. And they want you to disappear. And there's a part of children's television that that fluctuates back and forth. They want you to become. An, they want you to be an individual. You know. You listen to Mister Rogers, who says, "It's you I like." It's not the clothes you wear. It's you I like, and you can sing. You can sing along if you want. And then you have the other extreme: conform, buy, consume, fit mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. You want to fit in, don't you? Want to fit in, Jim? How come you don't want to fit in? How come you? No, don't, I, how come you I, don't want to be just like you, everybody else? You picked the wrong example. I don't. Want you to, know. I've never, I've never fit in, Eric. <laughs> That's you know. why. That's why Jim didn't get the mouse ears. <laughs> Listen, guys. Um, he's a he's a rebel. I, my my grandson. <laughs> hey, hey, Jim. One more one more thing before you go. Yeah. Think about all the um, when when we were kids. You know, we watched cartoons on Saturday morning. Absolutely. Um, what what were the majority of the ads that were were coming on there? For uh, cereal, 
Uh, high high sugar cereal. High sugar cereals. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So so that was all too part of the you know part of the whole. Uh, I agree um, with you. Don't forget the Florida's Madison, Madison, Madison Avenue. Madison Avenue. Madison Avenue. Marketing to children. Marketing to children. Madison Avenue tore a page out of the Nazi handbook. They did. They absolutely mm. did. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Though they had they, they had people the there funny, from Operation The funny thing Paperclip. is the guy. Um, and we're going to get a little heavier into what what the actual uh, physio- physiological impact that TV has on, you know, on the human brain, et cetera. If we have oh, time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's but before, you, before you go, I want to um, run does this cause, by you. It causes physical changes in the brain. Does. In the Absolutely. brain, exactly. Absolutely. Um, there's, there's something, and this is another article that I found in this. I found a new website that is really cool. It's called Waking... Uh, waking times. Yes, I know oh, waking yeah. times. Yeah. Yes. You know waking times. Okay, yes, good. Yes, I do. It's I cool. do. It's a good one. Uh, it's a good one. So they're they're talking about in this article about brainwashing uh, about something called S S S S. It's silent sound spread spectrum, and it was developed um, by the military during the first Gulf War. To, to manipulate the Iraqi troops, and I don't know if you remember back to that. Do you remember there were like mass um, pe- yes. mass soldiers um, surrendering. 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 Yes, it was because of that technology. It was because of that technology, That's and that amazing. technology is now being put into cell phones ah. and 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 HD TV, high definition TV. Crazy. You don't think it's happened? It hasn't happened already. No, it is. It's it's there. It's it's, it's yeah. there. And and you know when you think about it, and Eric of Eric and I have talked about yeah. this. I don't know how many times. Um, you know when you look at um, people, just look at people, just anywhere walking down the street, they're looking on their cell phone. Yes. I I walked by a um, I walked by a Starbucks yesterday. Barbara and I were walking down 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 in the city, and there was a guy sitting in the window of the Starbucks, and he was with his little daughter. She was probably. I don't know, four or five years old, maybe. And and he's looking on his phone. He's not talking to her. She's sitting there drinking some kind of thing and eating a donut or something. And he's not even talking to her. Like, really? He's <laughs> like a four-year-old kid. You're not talking to her? You're looking yeah. on your cell phone? That, it's because people are addicted. It's an addiction. You're absolutely right. You're and absolutely it, it's right. it's caused by this, I, I think it's putting out some kind of a wave or I don't, I don't know. Maybe you know more about it, Jim or Eric. I don't know. Maybe you know more about it. But You know what that sounds like, Walt? Uh, John Carpenter's them. Yeah, that's yes. another. That's another yes. one of those movies that you really need to watch and keep your eye on it. And mm-hmm. and it's one of those movies where it's very subversive. It's supposed to be a cheesy popcorn science fiction movie. It's a sci-fi thriller, but you watch it over and over and over again, and you see. Here's what John Carpenter was trying to say. Here's, yeah. here's what he was trying to say about where society was going. I agree. Where Roddy Piper puts on the sunglasses, the special sunglasses, and he actually sees everything in black and white for what it really is. Whereas, like, you look at um, a billboard, and the billboard says, uh, buy Fisk Cola. And yes. he puts on the yeah. sunglasses, and it just it's just the words in black and white, obey. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Great. It's a great movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's more. There's there's always a message underneath everything if you, yeah. if you look for it. You know, yeah. There's yeah. Uh, there's 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 the surface stuff, the plot and the characters and all that stuff. But there's you know there's an underlying message for, yeah. for good or for bad, I guess. You know. I'm going to revisit Waking Times. I haven't checked in with them in a while. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note to tune into them. That, that, was, a, that was a good site. It is a good like site it. because yeah. I, I like it too because it's um, what they're. Their intention is, uh, they don't have a dark intention. Their intention is is to um, wake people up, yeah, and and raise people's vibrational level. I'm Absolutely. looking at it right now. It's Which, it's it's wakingtimes.com, and okay. um, I'm looking at the website right now. And there's a lot of really interesting um, articles on here. I actually posted something on our on the Metaphysical Connection website yeah. last night. I don't know whether you saw it, Eric, or not, but. Um, it's it's about how people define themselves. Yeah. Um, and um, it's they've got some good stuff on there. Yeah. And and 
hopefully my my big check from them should be arriving any day now. I, I, and I and I do and only I, kidding. And only I do kidding think and I had and I had just posted this. I think there is there has been a sudden uptick in um yeah you know, uh, uh, of making sure that people conform people people submit or else it is i think that there's been an uptick in this and getting people to sort of just go along with the program one extreme or the other um yeah and i think facebook has a lot to do with that oh no I, I i'm convinced that facebook has a lot to do with it whereas the people are being divided into two um radical tribes. sides people are being two divided tribes. people two 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 tribes um are you know sort of being created and it's like you have to go to this this one extreme end or this other extreme end and you cannot be in the middle and if you're not and if you're in the middle and if you're a free thinker you'll be shamed into just not being a free thinker anymore i think that's becoming more and more pervasive with social media Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I can I could see that. Yeah. yeah, I could see that too. It's unfortunate, but that's more, more, but, but that's more. all part of the. It's all part of the process. It's yeah. all part yeah. of, you know. That's that's not by <laughs> that's not by happenstance. That's no. that's an intention. More and that's, more, that's I don't know about well you guys. Documented intention. As I move through society, just in my daily life, going to Home Depot or the store or whatever, more and more, I feel like it's, I'm standing outside of everyone. Yeah. Everyone is like. And I'm not being critical. I'm making an observation. They're largely out of shape. They're tattooed. They're into their phones or their tablets. And their conversational level, if you catch the snippets, is like nowhere. It's nowhere. It's it's like, uh, I don't know what it is. It's just not, nothing in depth. Nothing of depth and substance. I, I just, I, just not there. It's not there. And the level of vulgarity, the things that people are saying to each other, or how oh, people yeah. con- converse well, with each other. Yeah, well, yeah. Fuck is a proper noun now. <laughs> we have a role. We have a role model for that. So. Yeah, I know. I know. No, 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 no. What are you doing? Well, all right. I gotta go. My grandson is writing on himself with magic markers sitting oh, on my lap. Cool. I hope he's doing. <laughs> Let his, him express is he himself. Doing his eye, is he doing his eyebrows? I hope. <laughs> yeah, he did my hand. Now he's doing his hand. I wasn't paying attention. Let him that. express Good. himself, Jim. Don't stifle his creati- creativity. <laughs> Let him be his put own in, person. Put him in front of the TV and let him watch Sesame Street. <laughs> okay. So he can get pro, so he can get indoctrinated. Hey Jim, I'll see you at the shore, man. I will. I'll see you Tuesday. Eric, it was great hey. talking to you guys. Always. Again, right? Always. All right. Take care, man. Yeah. Okay, Jim. Well, I'll be seeing you uh, in a few days, I guess. Yes, yes. Very I look forward to it. Okay, yeah, and, right. and you guys take a picture of, of, of each other together. I I need something from my wall. I, okay. I want to have a picture of the two of you together. Gonna, we're gonna Walk. go on the board. Walk. We're gonna go on the boardwalk and bang them pleasure machines. <laughs> <laughs> They're called replicants. They're called replicants. They don't like being called pleasure machines anymore. Right. Oh, I'm talking about pinball, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> See, you just got to take it that level, Eric. <laughs> that's what that's what Bruce Springsteen intended with that line. I'm sure what you're talking about, Eric. But okay, all right, Jim. I'll let you go. Thanks. Great talking to you. See ya. See ya. Bye. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes and other exclusives. 
Want some metaphysical connection swag of your own? Get your own damn metaphysical connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them. Yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on. My thoughts drift back to erect nipple wet dreams about Mary Jane Rottencrotch and the great homecoming fuck fantasy. I am so happy that I am alive in one piece and short. I'm in a world of shit. Yes, but I am alive and I am not afraid. Who's the leader of the club that's made for you and me? M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E Hey there, hi there, ho there, you're as welcome as can be. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E